folks, we're back on the Boss Man Show. We had him on last week's preview Super Bowl 52. My man Javon, hey, the former Titan Buck, Vanderbilt Commodore, doing his thing. Hey, bro, how you doing, man? Uh, good, man. How about you, soldier? I'm doing good, man. Here in trade deadline situation with the Hawks, man. Every Hawks player is available up for John Collins. My, my phone's going blowing up crazy. Trying to chase all these Hawk rumors right now, my man. Oh, man, I couldn't imagine. Yeah. Hey, but hey, you got LeBron coming to town this weekend, so the Hawks may beat LeBron. We get to LeBron later, but the Hawks may be able to get a win against those guys. They beat the Hawks to Orlando and Magic, the worst team in the league, so they might lose to the Hawks, too. You never know. Wow, oh, man. It'll be, it'll be a good game for uh, LeBron and company come to town, so, you know. Man, I gotta talk to Javon. We get started, man. Uh, give us uh, your just your overall thoughts about Super Bowl 52, man. How, how the game shook out, how it played out, and what you saw that really stood out to you in that game, man. Oh, man, I thought it would have been a, you know, a much you know, lower-scoring game. But I knew, you know, I knew both teams were going to be able to put some points up, but... um. I mean, he shaked out well. I mean, it's, uh, you know, think about if, you know, Eagles don't win, you know, Tom Brady's Super Bowl MVP and gets his sixth ring, you know. So he he had one, he had, he had a great game, and uh, Nick Foles had a great game. I think it just turned out well. I think uh, both, far, both defenses, you know, they, they, had, they had their hands full, and, you know, you know, everybody in this day and age, they want to see a, you know, exciting Super Bowl. You know, exciting Super Bowl to me is, you know, when a defense goes and dominates, you know. Kind of what the Bucks did to, uh, you know, did to uh, Oakland or you know Seattle did to Denver. That was exciting to me, but you know most folks like points. So uh, if you're looking for ratings, they got they, you know they dang sure got them ratings. So now, were you happy at that Al Riveron, the, the VP of officiating, Javon didn't change those calls? Are you happy he left Clement call alone and left Urch's call alone? Because you know earlier in the year he would overturn that to be in, in, incomplete on both of those plays. So are you happy that hey. he learned that job a little bit better and not going to jump in and change the hey, off the field? I don't know what, I don't know what's a catch nowadays. So, you know, that that's above my pay grade. I don't know what to catch. You know, I've, you know, for years I've always thought you get, you get your ball, you, you know, hands on the ball. You, you make, you make two steps and what's a football move. And I'm like, I mean, a football move, you know, common sense says, if you're going to make a catch, a catch, it needs to be simple. You get the ball, you have possession, and you take one, two step. And that's a football move, and you turn. It went from one, two, three, and then, you know, Hurts got hit. And I'm like, hey, man. So if, if, we're, if we're going to make, you know, if, if we're going to put so much emphasis on a football move, then it's, it's almost going to be impossible because, you, I mean, what defines a football move? You know, how is Des Bryant not a catch? How is Calvin Johnson's catch Last week, you know, a few years ago, not a catch. So I don't know. So at the end of the day, that they got to figure that out. Because I till this day, I still don't know what a catch. I know what a catch is in my eyes, but in this day and age, I don't know what no one knows what a catch is anymore. Yeah, that's the most convoluted rule, Javon. For me, is like a catch rule. I don't know what a catch is. Like I had people over at the house watching the game with me, and it was like, is that a catch? Jr. Is that a catch? Like uh, in my mind, it's a catch. But in Riveron's mind, I don't know what's in his mind. But I think that they kind of talked to him about that, and he kind of he's going what's 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 on the field because I don't know how you feel about this, Javon. I know that's how I feel, bro. Is this Al Riveron was trying to earlier in the year re-referee the play, 
Rather than it be clear and obvious error, he's trying to reofficiate the play, which is causing him to make decisions that is god awful. So, I feel like the league office talking to this, this offseason about this. Hey, this is clear and obvious error. Let's go out call in the field. It's a human error game. We don't have robots calling the game. But you can't correct everything via replay. Replays are quick to obvious errors, not just a simple error. Like you said, the rules should be simple. Two feet down, catch the ball to catch. And that's not his football move or completing the completing the process and all the other crap. This is a catch to catch, you know. Like we play in the backyard football. We know it's a catch or not. Oh, if you catch the ball, you get but, simple as that. But my whole thing, right? The, 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 this is how I look, right? So if if I if I was a receiver, right, and I ran, I did like a comeback, right, and uh, and I caught the ball, right. Mm-hmm. My back is towards the DB, right, and the DB is, you know, let's say DB is five yards away, right. Yeah, and I turn around, and he's five yards away, so I got the ball for like you know quick, you know, two and a half, three seconds, and I I turn around and make a move. And if he get, if he knocks that ball out, is that not a catch? Because according to according to the rule is, when Ertz caught that ball, right, and he took that one two steps. If I never took a step, if I never took a step, and I just caught a ball, you know, on a comeback, or you know, or, 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 or I just you know just caught the ball in play, and I never make a move. But then the second I turn to make a move, let's say nobody touched me for five seconds, and I never made a move, and when I turn to make a move, right. And somebody knocks it out my hand. Is that, is that not a catch? So you kind of get where I'm coming from. Yeah, dude. I'm like, why is it bang bang? Like, no, he caught the ball. He took two steps. That's a catch. Unless you're gonna tell me if a guy caught the ball right, and ten seconds later he never moved. As soon as he turned to pivot, and somebody knocked the ball out of his hand, it's not a catch. You know, you kind of get what I'm saying? Yeah. No, he made a move. He made a move. He had the ball. He had possession. He made a move. You know, it's almost like in the back of the end zone. If somebody caught, caught in the back of the end zone and they, they toe-touched, right? Yeah. Right? And that's a catch. But if you toe-touch, all right, and you're going out of bounds and, and, and the ball fall out, how's that? That's a catch. I don't care how long you got the ball in your hand. That's a catch. Now, I understand you get the ball and you take one step. That's not a – no, no. You don't have clear possession. You clearly don't have clear, clear possession. The rule is simple. You have the possession, and you take two steps. I don't care if you take a two-step right. I don't care if you take two-step left. I don't care if you you, you, you you go backwards. That's a catch. I don't care what it is. No such thing as football moves. What, what, what is a football move? So at the end of the day, man, I think once they solve that, though, everything everything should be yeah, fine. No, I mean, no. I was winning that game years ago. You know, again, again, that's a catch. The man caught the ball, took two steps, and dove out to try to call, cross the end zone. And the ball came loose. He said, "Not a catch. Come on, man, get out of here." Now, man, she is. Uh, when did when did that football move? When, when, when did the rule get convoluted? Because I know what happened when you was playing. Do you know? Remember what year the rule kind of got this the way it is? Because I don't remember it being as bad until. Bro, I don't. Years. I don't know. I think ever since the replay came in, that's when I think things got thrown off. But I, to this day, I'm, nobody could tell me what a football move is. What defines a football move? If you're telling me a football move, right, is, oh, you catch the ball and you got to take three or four steps, I'm like, whoa, that's crazy. Because if I do a little comeback and I pivot and I take that one, two step, that's a football move to me. 
So you basically tell me now a football move is three or four steps. That's what you. That's what you basically telling me. I promise you, that's what you're telling me. Because if you look at Earth, Earth score. That's to me. That's a catch. But I've seen other words where I'm like, mm, I don't know. That ain't no catch because I've seen other calls turn around. And I remember the one where in the end zone, I forgot who it was that the ball bobbled at the last second. I, I've seen many of those not catch. You know, those aren't catches. But to me, right? When I saw both those plays, those are catches to me. They're wrong. Two steps, two steps. That's a catch. I don't care what the rest. I don't care. I don't care if the ball's on my hip, and I make two or three full steps, and the ball come loose. That's a catch. Danny Jew with Rich McKay, the competition committee. I've, I've asked. I've asked Rich McKay myself, and he can't even tell me what a catch is. Nobody knows. I, I really Mr. don't. Mr. McKay, the competition committee. I'm like, Mr. I said, I said tell- Rich. Can you tell me what a catch is? Well, JR, the rule states this. I said, Mr. McKay, come on, man. Don't give me that. What's a catch? He don't even know. What's a catch? Nobody can tell me what Nobody can tell me what a catch is. Say, JR, ask me what a catch is. What is a catch? You have clear possession and you take two steps. That, that was, I would go with that myself. Simple. Two steps. Two steps. They need us. We need to go to the meeting out there in, out there in Arizona and get these guys in line, man. Two steps. Two steps. That's it. Give me two steps. No football move. Just just say two steps. You take two steps. I don't care if it's a five-yard step. I don't care if it's a a bait two-inch step. It's a catch. It'll clear everything else up. It'll clear everything else up. You got that right. Now, I understand now if you're in the back of the end zone, right? I totally get it. You're in the back of the end zone, right? And, and you leap it out, and you have possession, right? But my whole thing is, right, if the ground can't cause a fumble, if I have possession of the ball, and I'm in the end zone or the sideline, and I have possession, and my feet are inbound, both feet, and I go out of bounds, and when I hit the ground, the ball come loose, that's a catch. It's a catch. It's a catch. Just make it simple. Make it real simple. Real or if you just like they say, the end zone is much easier because you say, "Hey, you got you, you got to hold you got to hold possession throughout the catch." I get it. Okay, if that's the case, then leave that. I can understand that one. Leave that the way it is. Leave that the way it is. But I remember, the ground can't cause a fumble, so the ground can't cause an incomplete pass. That's what I had. That was real simple. Hold on to that ball. You hit. You bang your head. Boom, boom, boom. The ball come loose. That's a catch. Too much, man. Too much, boy. Too much. I hear you. And now, as is man, people, people lose, people losing Super Bowls, man. People losing jobs. People losing money. Everything for that because of that. that uh, you can make it that simple. Mm-hmm. So I think I, I can make my. I think, I, 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 Pittsburgh, I, I'm gonna say I think if Pittsburgh's catch was a catch, they made it would have been Super Bowl in New England. That, how was that not a catch? How was that not a catch? He made a football. How was that not a catch? Yeah. And my whole thing is, but but, but did the ball cross the plane, right? He sure did. Okay, so I have a question. So 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 I have a question. So the ball crossed the plane. So when Drew Brees is on, is on, well, we know what, what does Drew Brees do when he when he on that goal line? He, he does a jump do? over and lays it over the goal line, right between the goal line, to- and pulls and pulls the ball back out, right? He does. So I have a question. So Drew Brees goes across that goal line, right? And jumps, right? 
and ball cross and the ball gets fumbled. It's not a touchdown. touchdown. Then the ball break the, break the plane. So so he can break the plane and get he can fumble long as you break the plane. So how how is that how is how is that not a a touchdown by um uh I forgot the tight end from um just James uh, yeah. If anything, it was a was touchdown that? or a fumble recovery for a touchdown. For a touchdown, exactly. If that's what you, but if the ball break the plane, it I don't be care. a touchdown. That, that's a it's a touchdown. He caught yes, the ball and turned. He was a runner, Javon. He was a runner. It was hurt. He was a runner. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I don't know, bro. You could. I. I. I, I don't know. I have no. I, I. I can't tell you now. And my whole thing is this: like, like I look at certain rules now, and I'm like, remember how like the ball has to cross the pylon for it to be a touchdown? Well, not really, because if I'm running to the end zone and the ball's on my outside, right? If my feet get inside the pylon, if my feet hit the pylon, that's a touchdown. So I'm like, I thought the rule was ball has to cross the pylon. Mm-hmm. Isn't that a rule? Yeah, it is. So you telling me now if I'm running, if I'm running, if I'm running and I can't get the ball out there, think about this. Great example, right? How many times do you see people hold the ball out, but they, they feet get going go inside the pylon and it's a touchdown, right? So you telling me now it's like, well, you know what? If I if I if I'm running and I just go feet first, feet first, and my and my feet hit that pylon right, and the ball eight yard, seven yards outside of the end zone. I mean, outside of the end zone is that a, is, so? That's a touchdown. According to the rules, it is, but even though I would be the one the ball across, but the, these rules are so. But that's what I'm. So that's what I'm saying. So if a guy going out of bounds and you know he can't stretch, but hey, let me go feet first. That's a touchdown. My feet hit the pylon, didn't it? Come on, man. Yeah. Come on, man. These rules are, these rules are something else, man. I need to clean up these rules, make the game simpler and easy. The game should be as simple. These people are so convoluted and complicated. Yeah. I've always wondered about that. Like, I thought ball had to be inside that, that end zone at some point or hit the pylon. Like, so I don't know, man. I don't know, but. Yeah, hopefully, I think this they're gonna put some emphasis on this year, just to clean it up for everybody else, man. Just just to clean it up for the players, coaching, fans, man. Just clean up for the, the the game of football. I hear you. Hey, folks, we'll come back with Javon. We're almost every with Javon. We're gonna talk about the Patriots a little bit. Josh McDaniels, what he did. Stay tuned, Javon and myself. Come back one more segment after this little short break. Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academicsandathletics.com. Consulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach T Will 
24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams 24 or you can call me at 404-542-607. Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Boss Man Radio Show covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. Back on the Boss Man Show with Javon. Hey, with me. Talking about the catch rule. And then we're going to move into Patriot drama. Now, Javon, uh, Bill Belichick, Bench, Malcolm, Malcolm, Malcolm Butler, it was a coach decision for the whole game. And Malcolm Butler said he didn't do nothing on the floor. There's been rumor that he was out with Rick Ross concert, out with curfew, had a bad week in practice or what have you. What was your take on Belichick keeping his best cornerback on the bench the whole game and Eric Rowe and letting Gilmore get torched by Nick Foles and the Eagles? I mean, I can't really. It's hard to really speak too much on that because, you know, I, I'm not on the team. I'm not in, in that circle. You know, but at the end of the day, I mean, Coach, Coach Belichick's, you know, he's the head coach at the end of the day. And, you know, everybody everybody puts him on this pedestal, you know, saying how grateful Coach is, which he's one of the greatest ever, you know. So, you know, you never – why question why question him? I mean, you know, I wouldn't. I mean, he has a clear reason. I mean, he that's 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 who he is. I mean, he didn't he didn't win five by accident. He doesn't have the best franchise in pro football history. He didn't he didn't build that on accident, you know. So he's sticking to his guns as a as a coach. And at the end of the day, it is what it is. I mean, he's he he knows his program better than anyone. Like a lot of people could say what they want, but that, that he he the coach. He's the coach, you know. He's the coach. He do what he do, and clearly he, he he thought that was the best interest for the team. And you you know you you got be honest with you. If I'm on the team, I just got to ride with it. It is what it is, you know. I mean, you 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 can't just say he's the greatest coach, one of the greatest NFL coaches of all time, and he makes a move like that, and you like you start questioning like, oh, is that a good man? It is what it is. That man know what he know that program better than anyone. Anyone. I hear you. I, no. you know, I just mm-hmm. I just saw him getting torched. I just thought, hey, you may want to go to your, your, your main guy. But I mean, at the end of the day, you know, for, for, you know, let's just say from the people outside, of course, they're going to say Malcolm needed to play. You know, I'm being honest. With him. I, I was like, man, I'm surprised he didn't play. Like he must have done something. But whatever he did. But at the end of the day, you still got to look and say. That's the decision they got to live with. He, coach, got to live with that one. He made the decision. You know, on the outside, you know, you know, we may say, man, you know, they could have really used Malcolm. They probably could have used Malcolm. I mean, he's, a, he's, a, I love him. He's one of my favorite corners in the league. I mean, he's, he's, I mean, ever since he made that play in the Super Bowl against Seattle, I mean, he's, he's, he's earned everything he's gotten. So, but I think at the end of the day, it's like, you know, you look at Nick's, you know, people look at Nick Saban. He made that tough decision at halftime for the quarterback. You just say. That's the reason why they do what they do. 
then Malcolm Butler ruined the Seattle Seahawks forever. <laughs> he ruined them forever. They had not recovered from his play. They didn't recover from that yet. Oh, and, man, yeah, certain plays, man, certain plays, it's, it's, I mean, you know, I still, I was talking to one of my coaches uh, the other day, you know, I still, I mean, I still think about me losing, you know, state championship. I mean, seriously, I, I mean, the number one team in our state that year got knocked off. You know, the same night we we advanced the state, and we just knew we were going to win. And it's like to this day when they bring it up, I get goosebumps and like I get chills. Like, dude, I, we blew that opportunity. So you look at it and you say, it's the Super Bowl. You don't get them up too many opportunities like that, and you know, so. Yeah, I mean, Malcolm's going to haunt Seahawks fans for a long time. Matter of fact, he's going to haunt them forever. Yeah. Never going to get over that. Never going to get over that. No, that's going to be tough to get. That's a tough one to get over, man. Now, this is a situation kind of weird. Uh, Josh McDaniel was spurring the Colts. Uh, the Colts applied a press release. Talking about a uh, press conference with Josh McDaniels, and all of a sudden, he calls... Chris Ballard to say that hey he's had a change of heart because New England has sweetened his contract as Adam Schefter as reported and he had three assistants already signed up to work under him in Indianapolis so what's your feeling about the whole situation and do you feel like that Josh McDaniels will ever work again in the NFL as a head coach after what he just pulled off nah, nah man I wouldn't I would you know I wouldn't go as far as saying he would never get it I mean it's, it's the NFL man if, if, if it's a hot commodity coach that's well sought after, you know, you know, there's always going to be, you know, coach openings, you know, I think at the end of the day for him, I mean, it just, maybe the situation just didn't feel right. I mean, you know, it's for the Colts, you like, you know, you thought you had your man, but at the end of the day, I mean, it's Josh. I mean, it's, it's new England. He's been there for a long time. He's comfortable with, you know, being the situation he's in. And, you know, some, you know, I've heard people say, Oh, he had a chance to be a head coach again. And I'm like, Hey man, we don't know what, what he's thinking right now, you know, we don't know what he's thinking. But um, I thought I, I I knew I thought it was a done deal. And then when I saw it happen, I was like, oh wow, that was a uh, that was a curve ball. You know, I was looking, you know, I was looking for that 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 that, that, that inside slider. <laughs> we got hit with a curve ball today, you know. But at the end of the day, you know, you know, I, you know, we try to talk to guys now. And realize, you know, coaching man, coaching's um. There's a lot that goes into coaching, and I guess he just made, you know, I probably had all plans to go to, uh, you know, Indianapolis, and, you know, Robert Kraft is Robert Kraft, probably just, you know, clearly he was able to, you know, talk him out of it. So, you know, Colts fans, you know, probably sucks for them right now. You know, they thought they had their coach, but, uh, you know, they're going to have to go to go to plan B, I guess. And also a report where Bob Lamont uh, fired him today. He said he's not going to be his, his agent anymore. And Alphabet was assistant coaches. He had signed up to be working him in Indianapolis. And they're stuck in Indianapolis after thinking they're going to work for Josh McDaniels. going to be working for a new head coach. New head coach going to keep these three guys on staff. He, he might not even know what they mess with, what he thinks about. So that's going to be weird as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, you know when your new staff comes in, you you – I mean, you kind of have the guys that you kind of want to bring in and all that, you know. So it's just a, I mean, to be honest with you, man, it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough situation, you know. Myself, you know, I'm getting involved in, in this coaching, you know, profession now. So I mean, it's tough. I mean, it's 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 just a, it's a tough situation, you know. But I I think at the end of the day, you know, to be a coach, you have to be able to, 
you know, fight through things and weather some storms and, you know, figure it out, you know. So I think everybody will end the day. They'll, 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 everybody will get right. You know, it's just, it'll, it'll pass by, man. Trust me. So we, we have more news coming. What's today? Today, Wednesday? Uh, there'll be some more news tomorrow, you know, and everybody will just move on, you know. It is in the field. It never stops. Yeah, you know, but yeah, sometime next week, you know, it'll be something new. So, I mean, I think everybody will, We'll move on, but you know, it just you just you know, I wish everybody the best. Take the truth, man. Just now I wanted to talk about some Cavs talk with you, man, because I know you're an NBA fan like I am, man. Mm-hmm. LeBron is—I don't know what's—that's probably the most toxic team I've seen in a long time. Look at those guys hate each other. Isaiah Thomas is just bringing them down. He's the spokesperson on the team, and he just got there, and, and this is like—is this the best situation? The Orlando Magic. You was up by 20, losing by 18 to Orlando Magic, one of the worst teams in the, in the NBA. Uh, it's, it's just, I think the rise on the wall, LeBron's probably gone. So I just want to get your opinions on the Cavs and how the Cavs is tanking and how they just have pretty much lost it now in the second half of the season. And Tyron Lue may be in trouble as well. I mean, I didn't, you know, we, we, we all know LeBron's going to be in the finals. You know, that's, that's a foregone conclusion every year in, year out. And, you know, you, you go through some tough patches when you get some new pieces, but it's just, you know, I, I just never expected them to be in a situation like this where, like, you know, come on, you don't win, you know, you don't win. We all know you don't win championships in January, February. That That's a laugh. You laugh at that in the NBA, you know? Because you have so many games and you could always just get in and you're good. But some of the stuff that's happening right now, man, you know, guys out speaking out, you know, to the media and things leaking, that's just never, I thought, would be, you know, something a LeBron-led team would, would be. And like I said, you can't, I can't blame LeBron. I don't know what's in that locker room. But you have people out speaking out right now, and I'm like, oh, man, got to be tough. So they're going through some tough stretches. And, you know, I look now and I'm like, hey, they're, I mean, to be honest with you, they're, I think, three games out of last place. You know, so if they, you know, if they keep losing, they could be sitting at eighth, you know, or or ninth. Now, do I see them making the playoffs? Of course, I see them making the playoffs. I think they're gonna right the ship. But you know, like with anything, man, you know, with sports, like a fractured locker room, man, could bury you, could bury you, you know. And you know, guys hearing about trade rumors and all that—that's got to be tough. I mean, it got to be tough. It got to be multiple guys hearing trade rumors and. It got to be tough, man, and you know you're an executive getting into it with player. Oh gosh, it's it's just it's tough, man, and you know. But I don't know. But you know, winning cures everything. You know, they go on a five, six game winning streak. Things start feeling well, but you know, it's just I look at them and I'm like, who? And then I look at what's happening out west. You know, Thunder. They're starting to figure it out. I think they have figured it out. You know, Rockets. They're right there with Golden State, and you're looking like. You know the Spurs are still the Spurs, and you're now now you're starting to think like, man, like you know the the Boston they'll forever be Boston. They just coach well, you know Toronto, Toronto they there. So I'm like, is this the year that we don't see LeBron in in the finals? I'm like, woo, don't know, don't know. That's a good question. That's a great question. I, I don't know, but I ain't got the answers. 
I don't think they're gonna make it. I, got- I think that team is too old, too fractured, too many agendas. This is I think they wanna get away from each other. They may pack it in and playoffs and just get it get over with early. Let's not go through this straight and get beat by Golden State and seven and you know be on the finals again. Hey. I I you know, the the like I said, the way things are going right now, all right, I just don't I just don't know. That's not that's not the Cavs team that I'm used to, you know. I, they're not in you know, Braun having to speak out about, you know, chemistry and what's going on. That's not that that don't happen to the LeBron James team. It just it just don't. But you know, maybe maybe it's much worse than we, we believe, you know. You can we only hear certain things. Trust me, I've been in the locker rooms and I've been in many locker rooms where, you know, you read in the media and you'd be like, Oh, okay, well, man, I, I hope I'm glad they don't know the whole truth. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I'm glad they don't know the whole truth. So, <laughs> you know, but I don't know. We'll see. I, like I'm, you know, I'm a Laker fan. I'm a Laker fan forever. So, you know, we got our own problems. So. Yeah, I see the Lakers March 24th. FedEx Forum. I see them live in color down there. See, see what those boys got going in Memphis there on that day. Yeah, we got some problems. We got our own problems. So. You know, well, you got rather, seven young players. Maybe I, you can get LeBron to sign. You got seven young guys, and you're on the rise. Maybe. Hey man, I, you know, I, 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 if I'm the Lakers right now, man, I'd rather have the Cleveland Cavaliers problems right now because they still got a winning record, and you know, you know, got the Sixers right now. I think what they're 25 and 24. Like they got a winning record, so it's like. I got, I got, I got, I got bigger issues in my Lakers. I hear you. Better worry about the Cavs. <laughs> I feel you, man. Hey, Javon's been good. Oh, you got, hey, you got, hey, don't, hey, hey, you got issues too now. Don't, don't, don't. You know. You know. Yeah. It, you know, it's just, you know, I think uh, you're a fan, man. You know, I would tell people, you got fans out there and all that. Everybody got some. Everybody got some issues now. I mean. I yeah, think the Lakers, like, hey. Lakers and my Hawks got issues that we can't even solve. <laughs> oh no, nah. nah. But you know, you y'all been winning much longer than we have, though. You know, we we want we've gone through a patch now, and it's like it's like we've been in some turbulence for a long time, and we just can't seem to get out of that storm. Y'all just got into some turbulence. Yeah, the Hawks made the playoffs ten years in a row, but now <laughs> yeah. it's gonna be a while. <laughs> it's gonna be a while. I think. I think I think you don't caught the same storm that we were in. You caught up. You got a faster jet than I have. <laughs> yeah. Hey, like I said, I said I don't know who's gonna be in the Hawks roster past this show. Let's put it like that. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. my phone is buzzing like crazy. Mm-hmm. All right, man. It's part of the, it's part of that game, man. It's, it's and you know what? As sad as it is, sometimes you know that's why sports sports is sports, man. Because it's, it, it's, you know, it's not just about what happens on the field or on the court sometimes or you know, in the pool or wherever. You know, it's, 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 there's so many other dynamics to sports that that's why, you know, I think sports are just professional sports, collegiate sports, high school sports, wherever. I mean, there's, there's, it's, it's, that's why so many people love it, man. People love it. You got that. On the greatest form of entertainment out there, man. You got that right. Well, man, I tell you what, it's always good to have you on the show, man. You, you're one of the best dudes in the land for breaking down. Because you're a former player who gives it to you real. A lot of guys give you canned answers. You give us real answers. I appreciate it always, my brother. Like I said, I'll see I'm, you real I'm, soon, man. We got to get up, man. I'm, 
I'm trying, man. I don't always bite the rib, man. You know, the Patriots, the people want me to jump on. I'm like, hey, man, I see you from that side. I'm like, hey, you know, he made that call. He got he got to live with it, you know. I, I, you know, I, I've, I've been on both sides. If I saw something wrong, truly wrong with it, I would I would have said it, you know. But for me, I was like, right, we got we still got a game to play, don't we? Dang, it is what it is. Right. Now if he now if he would have benched the whole defense. Now I'd have been like, whoa. <laughs> You know, like, hey, huh? Like the whole D, whole starting eleven done. I was like, wow. Oh, I'm with you on no, that. <laughs> I'm with you. I'll be like, oh, for oh yeah, but it's, it's, yeah, yeah, I'd be like, whoa, you know. But it is what it is, man. But you know, I always like, like always, man. Love, love chatting with you, man. Keep doing what you do. Keep rocking out, man. And you know, keep getting, keep striving to be great, man. I sure were, but thank you always. We'll talk to you real soon, bro. All right, man. Have a good one. All right, that's Javon here in the box. So people check him out. Javon here on Twitter. He's doing his big things. Fantasy football season is fast approaching, and if you're looking for an edge this season, you need to contact the guys at Draft Day Consultants. The concept is a simple one. Draft Day Consultants takes your requests and connects you with one of their trusted analysts, who then guide you through your draft, whether you just need a sounding board on decisions, or if you need them to conduct your entire draft. Draft Day Consultants has you covered. Every one of their consultants has a proven track record of success, and have conducted hundreds, even thousands of mock drafts. Thanks to this year-round research and analysis, the guys at DDC have an unmatched understanding of player values. So gain an edge on your league mates this season by hitting up DraftDayConsultants.com. That's www.DraftDayConsultants.com. Now get after it, fantasy footballers. There's not a lot of uh, still still not a whole lot of places to set up shop right downtown. So I think a lot of a lot of players still do that. But yeah, it makes for a little bit of a commute for those guys. I think you got there right, man. You got there right. Now, what I ask you about the new coach Matt, Matt Patricia, Chris? Uh, yeah. uh, you were at the press conference and seeing him live and in color. So what's your initial impression of Coach Patricia? What things stood out to you that he talked about, and how do you think with the landscape coach going forward? Well, I mean, I, I think. I think the biggest thing right now is that he's stepping into a situation that's already it's a pretty good shape, and that's sort of relative to where the Lions have been. You know, nine and seven wouldn't be a whole lot to write home about for a lot of organizations. But the Lions, you know, to have a couple back-to-back nine and seven seasons, have a couple playoff firsts uh, in the last four years. I mean, they're they're in a lot better shape than they've been in for most of the other Detroit Lions coaching hires, and 
kind of look. I mean, barring any big trades or any surprise releases, they have, you know, somewhere between eight and all 11 of their starters on offense for next season and five or six of their best defenders all locked up. So, you know, they're, they're in pretty good shape heading into next year. And I think that's the thing that really jumps out early is just, you know, Bob Quinn, the general manager, has been here two years. He laid the foundation. It's sort of all set up for Matt Patricia to come in. Uh, and really hit the ground running and just kind of maintain what they've been doing so far. So, you know, you never know how these things are going to go, but I think he's got as as good of a chance as anyone's going to have stepping into Detroit this year. So I wanted to get your impression uh, or sense if there's any concern within the organization about Patricia being a first-time head coach, uh, coming out of the Patriots structure, and, you know, not flaming out by trying to be a, a Belichick clone. Is there any concern? And if so, what do you feel like the level of concern is there? Yeah, I don't I don't think there's concern. I mean, there's always concern when you go out and get a new guy, especially a guy that hasn't been a head coach before. And they've had some, uh, you know, this hasn't necessarily worked out for them, this franchise in the past to go get first year, uh, had first time in coaches. Um, you know, Jim Schwartz had a little bit of success and that kind of blew up and Rod Marinelli went 0-16. So, you know, it hasn't always worked out great. But, again, you kind of go back to that Quinn relationship. And I, I think that they're real. I don't think they're trying to exactly recreate, you know, everything Bill Belichick does in Foxborough. I don't think they want to be uh, a complete replica of that. But I think that they want to take some of the best qualities of that and the things that worked well and the, what they've seen, especially in sort of uh, sorting through player personnel decisions and coaching decisions, those behind-the-scenes things that really – make the difference when it gets to game time. You know, I think they're trying to translate as much of that over as possible, but uh, they're going to let Patricia be his own guy. I, don't, I think that's, that's really the key. I think they're going to, you know, they, they're going to keep the continuity on offense, keep the offensive coordinator in place, but you know, they're going to let Patricia do his thing with the, the roster and with the defense. And uh, so I, I think having Quinn have two years to get sort of the ball rolling is big because it, you're not trying to, plug all the gaps at once you know it's already uh he, he's stepping in kind of mid-race here and so I, I think that they're they feel good about where they're at this is a guy I, it was clear from the moment they decided to move on from jim caldwell this is they wanted yes indeed folks we have chris burkin athletic on the boss man show covering the detroit lions and um Chris, how important was it for the Lions and Matt Patricia to keep Jim Bob Cooter on on the staff to be with Matthew Stafford in the offense, keep that train rolling with Golden Tate and those guys, Marvin Jones, senior, and you got, you know, if you can get Riddick going, and those final, 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 final running back to run the ball, but having them Stafford with those receivers out there, well, how important was it to keep Jim Bob? I think it was important. I mean, and it, you always hear players when, you know, there, there's about to, not always, but a lot of times when there's about to be a coaching move or you feel like a coach is about to get fired, you'll hear a lot of players in the locker room uh, kind of give you this, the, the same old quotes. Like, oh, you know, it, it's on us. We should have played better. Um, you can't blame coach, all that stuff. But I think there was a lot of passion behind guys like Marvin Jones and Matthew Stafford sort of stepping up and voicing their support for Jim Bob because, uh, they have really found some things that work in that offense. Obviously, the run game is still terrible. They had some times where they were bad in the red zone this year, so it's not. It wasn't perfect, um, but I think you know you had two thousand yard receivers. Eric Ebron closed the year hot. Certainly, Stafford was really good for the majority of the season. Uh, and Cooter's still a young coach. I mean, he's in his mid thirties. He's this was just his second full season as the offensive coordinator. So I think it makes sense to give him uh, another year and see what they can do. I. I I think it was a smart. It's a smart decision to ha- hang on to him, and 
especially because there is so much change going on throughout the organization. To have someone that Matthew Stafford's comfortable working with should pay off for them. So, Chris, this is the most important question of the interview, and I, I just want you to um, to ask you if you can confirm for us tonight that Jim Bob Cooter has the coolest name in the league right now. <laughs> Man, I I think uh, it'd be tough to beat him. Uh, and I remember they uh, Duke played in Detroit for the Quick Lane Bowl, or whatever it's called. <laughs> it used to be the Little Caesars Bowl, whatever it is at Fort Field. Uh, and David Cutcliffe, the coach of Duke, had had Jim Bob Cooter as a quarterback for him um, back when Cooter was in college, and he, he said TV crews used to come up and request that he put Jim Bob in the game just so they could run the name graphic on TV. So <laughs> I think uh, I think that put pretty high up the list. Oh, that's awesome! So, in all serious uh, seriousness, the, the Lions with Matt Patricia. Um, do you know if they're targeting anyone specific? for the defensive staff, and then secondarily, do you think that Patricia's going to be calling the plays there? Yeah, I mean, I think I think Patricia will be in charge of the defense, and I I think, though, he'll have some guys in place. And I'm, they're, as far as I know, when they haven't made it, they're planning to hire a defensive coordinator for him, um, reportedly bringing in Paul Pasqualoni, who was coaching defensive line at Boston College, has some defensive coordinator experience with Syracuse when Patricia was there. I think at the moment he'll be the defensive line guy for them. They still need... Uh, defensive coordinator, but yeah, I, I think that they'll um, fill in the rest of the staff. I wouldn't be shocked if it's some guys that he's been linked to, whether they could probably, you know, Brian Flores out of New England or uh, Tim Walton in New York, another guy that has some experience with Patricia in the past. Um, but yeah, that's gonna that side of the ball is gonna be his show, and it's gonna be his scheme and all the things that we've seen the Patriots defense do over the last six years. I think they'll try to translate as much of them over as makes sense given the personnel. So. Um, and that's the other reason I think that they kept things in place on the offensive side of the ball because you know how invested he's going to be defensively. Now, Chris, do you expect the Lions to make a big splash of vacancy, use some cap space, extend their own guys already on the roster? So how do you expect them to attack the offseason and what do you think they need to improve at this offseason to get better so Patricia can have a great chance to go up against Rodgers and the Vikings in the NFC North? Yeah, I mean, that's the, <laughs> that's really the tricky part. They're in one of the what should be one of the better divisions next year so um, there's kind of a fine line between making that leap and slipping back to you know six and ten or seven and nine. But um, they have space. They don't have a lot of picks. They traded away a couple of draft picks. Uh, they do have do have cap space. Probably earmarked fifteen, sixteen million of it for Ziggy Yansa and the franchise tag at defensive end. I would be surprised if he doesn't get that tag at this point, just because of how he closed the season and how glaring their needs are at defensive end. Um, Beyond that, I mean, they need one more offensive lineman at least, one more starting caliber offensive lineman, either a guard or a center. Uh, and really, in an ideal setup, at least two guys for the defensive line and kind of a penetrating defensive tackle and then someone else to help Ansa and uh, Anthony Zettel and whoever else they have coming off the edge because the pass rush was really, really poor this year. Um, they got a couple cornerbacks that play heavy minutes. Nevin Lawson and DJ Hayden both are potential free agents, so either need to keep those guys or, or make a move at, at cornerback too. I mean, I think the big challenge for, for Quinn when he stepped in was just getting more athleticism, more versatility on defense. He's really done that the last couple of years. And again, that's sort of why I say this is a setup. I mean, the, the players on this roster are kind of set up to make a pretty easy transition into Patricia's system if he keeps it the same. But um, they also have, uh, they do have three or four fairly glaring holes and running backs another. They've got some spots where they need to get better uh, if they want to make that jump next year. 
So speaking of the players that are already in the locker room, what was your sense of their reaction to, uh, you know, I know you get the public reaction to the the head coach hire. Do you have any lines on the the private reactions? What's the feel of the locker room uh, after this, uh, this hiring of Patricia? Yeah. Well, I mean, I I think again, to some extent that this was, as soon as Jim Caldwell was like, Oh, this was sort of the expectation that they were going to make a run at Matt Patricia. Um, You never really know. I I think that the, if there's anything, there's been a little bit of frustration just because of how long the delays had to be because of the Super Bowl run for the Patriots. They couldn't officially hire him. You know, he ha- he's just getting into building this week, uh, you know, a month into the offseason with uh, free agency a month away. So they're, they're kind of on a shortened schedule here. So everything's going to be compacted uh, and everyone's going to have to kind of adjust on the fly. But um, I, I mean, I, Everything you hear about Matt Patricia from his past is that he's a really, uh, he's obviously a hardworking guy. He's a smart guy, but he's also known as sort of a very likable guy. And I think that was one of the big uh, risks in getting rid of Jim Caldwell. I'm not sure across the league there's a more, maybe not as a head coach necessarily, but just as a as a man, there's not a more respected guy than Jim Caldwell in the league. So that was sort of the risk that you get rid of him, you bring in someone that didn't really get along with everyone in the building. And I think Patricia has the type of personality that'll mesh pretty well uh, with what's already there. So, um, and again, again, to go back to the offense, I think the offensive guys will be happy. Not a lot will be changing for them. Yes, indeed. Well, Chris, it's a pleasure to have you on the show, man. When it's Lions football time or Detroit, anything, we're going to call you, brother. You are you are the Detroit correspondent. You're the man now. <laughs> yeah, man, I appreciate it. Enjoy that Pistons game as well. <laughs> All your photo, video, and voiceover needs, check out the fine folks at Blu-ray Productions. They will take good care of you. If you don't believe me, you can see for yourself. Check out their work at blueberryproductions.tv, the Facebook page, Blueberry Productions, also a Vimeo page, a YouTube page, and it's Blueberry, B-L-U-B-E-R-R-Y, Prod on Twitter. Check them out today. Blueberry Productions, great people, great work, great service. Hello, college basketball fans. This is Donnie Tyndall, former head basketball coach, and we're getting ready to have a top three with Tyndall with JR the Bossman and John, myself, as we analyze the college basketball season team by team, break down stats and facts, and give you all the basketball scoop across the country on a weekly basis. We hope you'll join us and look forward to talking hoops with you on the Bossman Show. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. Today, we have from Family Grinding NC, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, IllStreetRex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today, True Speech, and 313 Fresh, Family Grind, ENT. Believe in it. Get it. Hello, my name is Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. 
My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24. Or you can call me at 404-542-607. Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. Plugging away, boss man. Trying to do this uh, cold weather, and uh, people been sick with the flu and different things, and trying to avoid it best I can, buddy. I hear you, coach. Hey, I've been a lot of fist pounds, no handshakes, a lot of washing hands, a lot of, a lot of gloves, man. <laughs> trying to protect myself from <laughs> this virus as we have out here, man. I know it's been crazy, it really has, but uh, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I'm ready to pick some winners and. Uh, See what that total is. How did we do last week, boss, man? We all did terrible. He was 0-3, John. was 0-3. I was 22. <coughs> it's got wow. Off. Well, you, you <laughs> survived, huh? Yeah, Texas Tech got me over the hump, man. That Tech me. <laughs> got me over the hump. I mean, I'm 8-7. and seven. Uh, John's 7-8. And, and you're 6-6-9, six, six coach. I mean, you're you're like the, uh, plus the, the Bengals right now. 6 <laughs> <laughs> or the Lions well, somebody, Coach. He's down the cellar right now. At least you didn't say the Browns. I'm thankful. Yeah, hey, yeah, hey. No, you've no, no, you actually won games. They yeah. don't want to <laughs> <laughs> uh, Well, let's yes. do it, buddy. Let's do it. Yes, indeed. So, we're going to start off, Coach, uh, with uh, the game of the week. Here we got Georgia, Mississippi State. Uh, coach, uh, I'm liking Georgia based on the fact that they played on Tuesday night. Coach, I think UGA uh, will see what you guys say about this game, Coach. 
Well, I'm going to roll with my man, John. I, I, I like the fact of uh, the fact that you're pointing out in regards to the, the extra uh, preparation time for Georgia, but I just think that Mississippi State being at home, this is basically an elimination game for either team. Whoever loses this, I think they're both uh, on the outside looking in in regards to the state tournament anyway. But whoever loses this game is going to be out. Uh, and I think that Mississippi State being at home will be enough. I'm going to go with the Bulldogs and Starkville on this one. All right. Well, folks, that's what we got down the long wolf here. Checking Georgia, Mississippi State. Uh, we got USC and UCLA, the Battle of L.A. Coach. Got USC going on the road to play Pavilion to play. The UCLA Bruins, Steve Offer, Andy Infield, coaching out there in the pack. 12 out there playing good in conference play. Coach, I just like what USC's been doing this year, Coach. And, uh, I feel like they're going to go on the road, cross their cross-town rivals down there and beat uh, UCLA, Coach. I just like what they got going. like any feels a coach, what he stands for, how he wants to offense. So I'm going to grow with UC, USC in that one. So it's John as well, Coach. Well, I'm going to go against you guys then. I'm going to take care uh, of the Bruins on their home floor with these both teams of uh, – have shown some spurts throughout this season of the being really good teams that have a chance to contend for a Pac-12 title. And then they both had uh, periods of time this season where they look like they're underachieving a little bit. So uh, I think both teams are heading down the home stretch. Where every game is pivotal in regard to trying to get an safe berth. And I'm going to go again to that, uh, the home floor uh, and pick the win from this one. All right. So we got a, uh... Coach going as the long wolf for UCLA, the home team in this game. Uh, third game of three, we have Vandy and Auburn. Coach, Coach Vandy's going off on Harvard Cloud Tuesday night against the Kentucky Wildcats. They was up in the game just to win that game. Lost the game in overtime on a heartbreaking last second layup there. Vanderbilt always plays people tough, always plays them tough all the time. Bruce Pearl and his guys have been playing well. Uh, Bruce has his guys playing the best best team he has. He's being an Auburn coach. Uh, I'm going to go with Auburn. It's the home team this year. I'm going to go with Auburn. I feel like Bruce Pearl has a lot to prove. Trying to keep keep this train rolling in the SEC. Stay up top of the standings. He's a good seed for the conference tournament in St. Louis this year. So I just feel like that overall Auburn's going to win this game. Uh, John's going to Vanderbilt for the upset. So we'll see what you got for us, Coach. Well, that was a heartbreaking loss for Vanderbilt the other night to Kentucky. Um, you know, they, they basically gave that game away, let's be honest. And uh, I thought that might have been their final their final kind of um, uh, effort, if you will, to, to get this season right. And I think coming off a tough loss like that, having to go to Auburn, Coach Pearl's got Auburn playing exceptionally well uh, in, in contention to win the SEC title. I don't think they're going to have any mental letdowns. Uh, and I think they handled Vanderbilt and they're probably pretty convincingly. Yeah, yeah. I think this. I think this was going to be as well. Coach, to recap, we got I got Georgia, John and Coach got Mississippi State. I got with John. I got USC. Coach got UCLA. John's going Vanderbilt, and then we have me and Coach going Auburn. So Coach, standings are going to change this week for sure. So somebody's going to move up. Enough's moving this week, some way, somehow, Coach. I don't know how it's going to shake out, man. But we play our movement one way or another, man. Well, we're into February. My team's only, always playing their best ball on February and March, but, man. So, you know, uh, I think that speaks for itself as I'm getting ready for tournament time. We'll, we'll see at the uh, end of the week. But uh, I feel good about my picks, and I feel good about gaining some ground. And, uh, but see, Coach, in picking, you can't play zone defense, Coach. You can't play zone in picking. <laughs> 
the zone. No way, you can you can prep like we did, baby. And I'm talking right now. <laughs> hey, you can't me with the zone. It's picky. This has a. We just play zone. We press back to that zone, boss man. Don't forget that. Yeah, 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 y'all do. You, you sure do, coach. <laughs> I'm slowing you short. That's my bad, coach. I'm slowing you short. That's my, that's my bad. That's my bad, man. That's my bad, coach. So, coach, uh, before you go, tell people to get my show, watch the church, and check, check out your website and how they can get one of your shirts, man. Yeah, it's an exciting new shirt with a great message on it. The website is www.y-tshirts.com. Uh, I've had a lot of people inquire and, and buy some shirts, and I think if you go on the website and check it out, you'll like the message and, and uh, hopefully help out a great cause. Yes, indeed. With Coach, top lieutenant on the Bossman Show, JR and Coach this week. We got the kicks in. We'll see you again next week. Hey, Coach, have a great week. We'll talk to you again down the road, man. Sounds great, boss, man. I hope John's doing all right, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right, now. The Don Tillman Boss will be the top. We're telling we out now. You can't touch this. 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 Fantasy football season is fast approaching, and if you're looking for an edge this season, you need to contact the guys at Draft Day Consultants. The concept is a simple one. Draft Day Consultants takes your requests and connects you with one of their trusted analysts, who then guide you through your draft, whether you just need a sounding board on decisions or if you need them to conduct your entire draft. Draft Day Consultants has you covered. Every one of their consultants has a proven track record of success and have conducted hundreds, even thousands of mock drafts. Thanks to this year-round research and analysis, the guys at DDC have an unmatched understanding of player values. So gain an edge on your league mates this season by hitting up DraftDayConsultants.com. That's www.DraftDayConsultants.com. Now get after it, fantasy footballers. A gorgeous tan from Suntan City gives you an inner glow that relights the fire when you run into your first crush. Vicky, who is that? An old boyfriend. Lucky you just tanned at Suntan City. Lucky he's single. We're doing lunch tomorrow. Won't be single for long then. During Tour of the City, try all five tans, including spray tan, for just $4.99. Restrictions may apply. Click to buy now. Yeah, yeah, it's your man, JC, the host with the most, baby. And it goes down each and every Saturday night right here in the city of Memphis. That's right, y'all. It goes down at Clicks Sports Bar Memphis, baby. 3705 Malco Way, Memphis, Tennessee, 38125. Come out and join us, the Three Kings, each and every Saturday night for the liveest karaoke in the city. Everybody gets in free till 10 p.m., only $5 after. Great food. We got drink specials. We got all kind of games, man. We got the pool tables popping. Whatever you want, we got you, man. Come on out. Have a good time with us each and every Saturday night. That's Clicks Sports Bar, Memphis. <laughs> 